You know, as we think about Christmas time, uh, we all probably the most common word, one of the one of the most common words, other than Christmas or lights or something, is the word gift. Um, let me ask y'all a question: What what do you want for Christmas? I mean, legitimately, what would be cool if someone gave you something for Christmas, or uh, if you've asked your wife for something that'll go in the garage or uh, a tool? Uh, what, 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 what would you really like this Christmas? Maybe you've already picked it out. Your wife just doesn't know she's bought it for you. What's that? 61 T-Bird convertible black. I'm going to say you're going to have to order that. Amazon can ship it tomorrow. Drone drop right there in the back, back, in the back 40. Imagine you'll get a matchbook car. No, what, seriously, what, what do you want? Somebody w- wants something for Christmas, you've asked. You'd like to have it. I seriously asked. Okay. <laughs> I got it, okay. So he's, he's asked, he's already been told no. Something else. Nobody wants anything, you're afraid to say it? What would you like to have? A real guitar? A new guitar? I got it. I got it. So, what kind of guard? You want a Fender or something really expensive? A Martin Triple O mahogany. A Martin Triple O mahogany. All right. Anybody have one of those guitars? No. I mean, is that is that an old one or is that a new no, one? It's a new one. How expensive are those? Fifteen hundred dollars. That's that's a no-brainer. Just go get it. Uh, <laughs> John Mark said, and there's a guitar sanctuary right up here. You can confess your sins as you're paying for it right there in McKinney. Uh, yeah, yeah. What else? No, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, whether he gets it or not, that's something you'd like to have. What, what's a gift you'd like to receive this Christmas? Honestly. Huh? A cannon. A scanner. A cannon scanner. Okay, I was a cannon. A scanner. All right. A scanner. Got it. All right. All right. A scanner. Uh, do you have a particular kind you want? Okay. All right. Very good. Somebody else. Something you want? A short game. A what? A short game. A short game is horrible. Oh, a short game in golf. Yeah, even God can't give you that. Uh, so uh, that would be the greatest gift of all. <laughs> Once a short game in golf. Uh, how many how many on here want a short game in golf? We all <laughs> maybe we can get a group discount. Uh, what else? What else? Something you really want. It's okay. It's okay to want things. A gift you'd like to receive. Got nothing? Got nothing? I don't want anything. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, yeah. I want my wife's dog to be gone. I haven't asked for that yet. But we'll let her know. Yeah, you'll you'll let her know. She listens to this podcast, so she'll find out. I love you, baby. So, my 21-year-old gave me a list this year. Gave you a list. Yeah, that's convenient. Thank you. 
Anything on the list you can afford? Yeah, I was just surprised that at page 21 I got a list. Yeah. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, hey, you know, as we think about this time of year, obviously, um, that word gift does, uh, does play through it. And as we jump around, we're going to jump around some scriptures and really talk about what this time of year means for us. And uh, if you've been, you know, in the faith and if you walked with God for a while now and a season now, uh, you'll know that there's not much, uh, there's not much about the Christmas season uh, that you don't know. If you've heard the message over and over again, you know the stories of the Magi. You know the stories of, uh, you know, of Christmas. You know about the shepherds. You might even know about the prophecies in the Old Testament. But I thought what I'd do today is really uh, go back and not try to tell you something you don't know. Just reemphasize what we do know. And a lot of times that's really good for us just simply to be reminded uh, in a certain season of year, maybe a, maybe a season of year that's so familiar, uh, like the Christmas story and like the Christmas message. You know, as we think about uh, the gift um, and that word gift, if you don't know, you might want to just take notes and jot these down. Uh, the word gr gift comes up a number of times really in the Christmas story and the idea of Christmas story. If you go to Matthew chapter 2, just we're journeying through the New Testament, it says the Magi brought a gift. If you want to just read a few verses with me, um, Matthew chapter 2 verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? So they said, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And then, then there's an interchange and interaction as they journeyed into Jerusalem. That's where you would normally think that Christ would have been born, which was in Jerusalem, you know, kind of the New York City of that day. All the glitz and the glamour uh, and the bells and the whistles were found in the city of Jerusalem. They showed up, they go into the king, and they go into the king's wise men, and the king, they ask the question, hey, we've come from the east, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Well, that immediately caused the hair on the back of Herod's neck to stand up and said, whoa, king, he goes, I am ultimately the ruler of the Jews, and they're under my uh, watch, but... Uh, let me discern from my wise men, let me get my wiser men to come in here and make a suggestion. Well, they come in, they immediately rattle off the space and the place. They know from Old Testament prophecies that the one who would be born king of the Jews would be born down in Bethlehem, not in Jerusalem. It wasn't a long way away. And then you remember what Herod did. He says, hey, listen, uh, go down there, make a careful search for him. When you find him, come back, let me know so I can also come and worship Him. And so it says, Then they made their journey on, and then if you jump down to verse 11, it says, On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped Him, and then they opened up their treasures and presented Him with gifts, there's the word, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And when we think about the season of Christmas, it is a season where gifts were given initially. If you jump over uh, to um, then Jesus, when he's having a conversation in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. Remember the Samaritan woman at the well? He goes in there, she's shocked uh, that he's even having a conversation with her. He engages in a conversation with her. Uh, he says, hey, go back and tell your husband I'm here. She says, hey, I'm not married. He goes, that's exactly right. And Jesus basically recounts 
her whole history. Basically, you have had multiple broken relationships. Even the guy you live with uh, is not even your husband. And you're down here, and it says in the middle of the day, essentially, or mid-morning, which is not necessarily when uh, the women went for water. They usually went in the morning and the evening when it was cooler. Uh, but she's down there by herself. So she was kind of a social outcast. And if you pick it up and you read in John chapter 4, uh, verse 10, it says, Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift, there's that word. You may have missed it in all your readings and all your dialogue of the Samaritan woman at the well. He says, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you a living water. He says, That physical water you will drink and you will thirst again. But the spiritual water that I give is a gift from God, and when you drink it, you will never thirst again, speaking of eternal life. Then if you jump a little further over, when Jesus, uh, in Acts chapter 1, uh, He is there with His disciples after the resurrection, and after the resurrection, He looked at the guys and He goes, Listen, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth. Uh, and then, if you remember, He had the ascension back up into heaven, right? How many of you remember what happened right after He was ascended into heaven? All of His followers were, followers were standing there looking into heaven, right? And uh, then a voice from heaven comes, says, Ye men of God, why stand ye gazing? You know, I think that's a good message for all of us, right? A lot of times we get so caught up in us looking into heaven that we forget that right before he went back to heaven, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the remotest parts of the earth. Being a witness doesn't mean I'm looking to Jesus. Although I want to look to Jesus. Being a witness means I look at the world and I engage the world. And that's exactly what Jesus did when He entered into the world in Bethlehem. He was a gift of God. The wise men came and gave Him gifts. When He encountered the Samaritan woman at the well, He says, I am the gift of the eternal living water. You drink of it and you will never thirst again. So in Acts chapter 1, after the angels said, listen, go and be disciples, do what Jesus did. Then you jump over to Acts chapter 2. Peter begins to preach, and it's a great message. He preaches a, a simple message of repent and believe and be baptized, right? Repent, believe, and be baptized. But look in Acts chapter 2 and notice uh, what Peter says. Pick it up in verse 38. It says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift, there's that word again, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the gift that is worthy of receiving gifts. He offers eternal life, like to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, which is a water that we will never thirst again when we repent and believe and are saved, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of you understand that the Holy Spirit is a gift? The Holy Spirit is told to us by, uh, uh, by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians that when we receive the Holy Spirit, He seals us until... Anybody know how to, how to finish that verse? Until the day of redemption, right? One of the reasons we know uh, that once saved, always saved, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
The gift of the Holy Spirit seals us until the day of redemption. Not until the day that we, we commit that 100th sin or that we do something bad enough where all of a sudden God removes the Holy Spirit from us because we know that doesn't happen. What does Jesus say over in John chapter 10? He says, all the Father gives to me, come to me, and no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. No one. Man, once we have been given the gift by faith in Jesus Christ of salvation and the Holy Spirit has been given to us, it is a water that we will drink and we will never thirst again. And that gift of the Holy Spirit means that, it doesn't mean that we as believers will never sin again. How many of you know that again? But it does mean that we are sealed until the day of redemption. Your eternal salvation, my eternal salvation, is a gift from God, and He tied a bow around that gift through the person, the third person of the Trinity, called the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Now, let me give you another one that you may not have thought of. Then in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, there's that word gift again, the gift of God is what? Is eternal life found only in Jesus Christ. Man, when we come to Christmas, guys, we have a lot to be thankful for. Whether you get the T-Bird, or whether you get the Scanner, or whether you get a short game, which probably won't happen. Uh, whether you get any of the gifts that you would like to have are uh, uh, a guitar, whatever it is. We've already been given a lot. How many of you understand that? Man, and as you think about that, that, that gift, and I got another one, gift, For the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. As we think about the way we grew up thinking about Santa Claus, right? How do we grow up thinking about Santa Claus? You know, you better be nice, you know, you don't be naughty, right? The person who's nice and not naughty gets more gifts from God. Uh, how many of you know that? I mean, you, you just you used to think about that as the old, you know, the old funny joke or whatever. The, uh, the, uh, the boy who wrote a letter to Santa and he said, Dear Santa, there are three children living in this house. There's Bob, there's Sue, and there's Aaron. Bob is never good. Sue is sometimes good. Aaron is always good. Signed, Aaron. <laughs> you know, the, the whole point is, none of us are Aaron. How many of you know that? None of us are always good. It was contingent on us being always good. For God to give us the gift of salvation, none of us would have it. Guys, when we think about this season of the year, God didn't from His perch in heaven look down on this earth and say, they are such a nice group of people. They're so well put together. They're just that close to being what I created them to be. How many of you know that's not what God did? God didn't look down at you and me and, and say, you know what, boy, with just a little help, they could regain the glory I created them for. No, God looked at us and said, they're such a mess that they're not at any point going to come close to achieving the glory that I created them for. 
that they are so marred by sin and they're so separated from me that I have to step in. That's the beauty of that verse. It says, for the wages of sin is death. God stepped in and said, you know, the best way to receive the greatest gift you will ever get is not pretend Santa isn't watching. I'm talking about God. It's to be honest about the fact that God sees everything. And even in spite of my sinfulness, that He sent His Son. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. I mean, that's an amazing thought right there. That, that God didn't look at us, God didn't look at me, God didn't look at you. And guys, if you struggle from time to time with your seasons of disobedience or, or, or you're walking from time to time in, in spaces uh, that... Um, that you're like, I know I shouldn't do this. Guess what? God saw all that and still sent His Son. Here's another gift. James, the brother of Jesus, I love what he said in James chapter 1, verse 17. He says, every, now listen, every good and perfect gift comes from above. There's that word gift again. Every good and perfect gift comes from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change and is not like shifting sand. When God gives us a gift, He doesn't change. He doesn't all of a sudden change the ground rules on us someday. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but there have been times uh, that because of the actions of my kids, I've changed the rules. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? They, uh, you know, that, that, that all of a sudden my kids do something. I changed the rules. And they said, but you used to. And my response is, but that was before you did, right? How many of you, Bill, if you've had kids, you had that conversation. How many of you don't have kids that are at least teenagers? If you, okay, well, your day's coming, all right? Your day's coming. There will be times when you change the rules there are other times that you change the rules simply because you realize the first rule wasn't a good rule all right they haven't done anything wrong but after further thinking i'm changing the rules right i love the beauty of this pastor every good and perfect gift that god gives from us he gives without shifting and without changing he doesn't come back to you, and He doesn't come back to me, and He doesn't come back to this world and say, well, maybe that wasn't the best plan. Guys, we have the best plan. A lot of people are going to stick Christmas lights on their houses today, and they don't know the plan. A lot of people are going to exchange gifts on Christmas morning this year. They don't know the plan. A lot of people are going to walk through and take pictures at Christmas trees and go to the malls and dress up in sweaters, and they don't know the plan. And it's our call to share the plan. It's our call to talk to them about the greatest gifts that they could ever have. The greatest gift of a drink of water that you'll never thirst again. The greatest gift of a Holy Spirit that is freely given by God 
that will seal us until the day of redemption. The greatest gift that deserves our worship like the wisest people who walked on the face of the planet. The greatest gift. So whatever your greatest gift is that you might get this Christmas, it does not come close to the gifts that we have already received. Well, if you think of all the seasons and all the gifts, there's one verse that exceeds them all. It's one we all know. John 3.16, if you want to turn to it, if you just look at it and think about it. Man, think about these words. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but would have everlasting life. You've probably heard these before, but you can break that verse down and it says, For God... Greatest giver there's ever been. There are, there are some people that are incredible gift givers. I will, I will tell you, and if you've been here uh, for a number of, of years, you've heard my wife and I share testimony. Uh, you know, just, just like on Valentine's Day, you've heard us give, our, give kind of our, our testimony. How many of you have been through the, uh, the five love languages? You know what your love language is. Somebody shout one out. What's, what's a love language you have? What's Huh? Quality time time is yours. Uh, Somebody else? What? Huh? Gifts. You're you're a gift giver, gift receiver. Uh, Somebody else? What's what's another one? One of your love languages? Sharing. What'd you say? Sharing. Sharing. Okay. Verbal. Verbal communication. Somebody else have one of the even your own? Huh? Affection. So affection is, is one, of your, one, of your, one of your gifts or one of your love languages. You've heard Gene and I say that neither one of us, gifts are not in our top. That's our bottom. We're just not gift type people. Praise the Lord, I'm married a not gift type people because married to me being a non-gift giver or care about receiver, married to that is I am so financially tight that I don't want to waste money. So there's play in together. So I will tell you, Gene and I could live in a lot of conflict. I don't want to spend a dime. If I have a dime, I want it in my pocket. All right. And if she wanted gifts, I guarantee you we would struggle. But the truth is, whatever your love language is, God is the greatest giver there ever was. And the beautiful thing about God's gift giving is, first of all, He gave the greatest gift He could ever give His Son. Secondly, he wasn't stingy. He gave us everything he had. And so if you wonder and you think about the idea of gifts this year, the greatest giver there ever was, was God. I mean, go back all the way when there was nothing. Go back to the time and the season when there was nothing. There wasn't time. There wasn't matter, and there wasn't people. You ever sat back and thought about the good old days? 
It's funny, they always change, don't they? Remember the good old days, the good old days, good old My parents had some good old days, and guess what? Those weren't that good. They grew up, they didn't have air conditioner, they didn't have running water in their houses. My mom grew up in a house, she had to walk out back to the outhouse. And by the way, on your way back in from the outhouse, you had to pump on the well. She grew up in Nacogdoches in East Texas. And uh, you know, those are not good old days. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So sometimes we can think back, back when my knees didn't hurt or my hip didn't hurt or my heart worked a little better, right? Or my hands weren't cold all the time. I mean, how many of you know what I'm, we can think back on, how many of you think God ever thinks back on the good old days? When he didn't have to put up with our junk. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When he didn't have people blaming him for all the sin in the world that we commit. Right? When God didn't have to deal with the people that He created, that He put together, that He spoke into existence saying, I don't believe there is a God. This all happened by chance. And how silly that is because we look around and we see a lot of things that happen by chance. Somehow in the last couple of days, those trees just showed up in here by chance and they got these ornaments and beautiful lights on them. And, and, and praise God, back in 2008, this building just happened to happen. Didn't have an architect, didn't have a designer, didn't have a builder, didn't have anything. But yet, God looks at us all the time. And I wonder if He longs for the good old days. And then let me remind you guys, He does. But he doesn't want a good old days without you, and he doesn't want a good old day without me. He wants a better day with us. See, because you go from Genesis in the beginning when God created time and matter and space, created you and me, that pretty quickly we sinned and blew it all up. That you go to Revelation chapter 21, and God's going to give us another gift. He's going to give us a new heaven and a new earth. All the old is gone away. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more dying. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more murder. All of this will go away. Why? Because God likes the little good old days. But the good old days are with us and not without us. And so when God looked 2,000 years ago and He saw that the world was a mess... He said, they need a gift. But there's only one gift that'll do. See, the Magi come from the East. Those were great gifts. I mean, they were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. By the way, it's end-of-year giving time. Sanford will take any one of those. Those are good gifts, right? I mean, anybody in here, you ever, you ever showed up with a big chunk of gold and given it to somebody? No, you know, from time to time, we give these gold coins to our kids for 50 bucks. Or uh, I, I've sorted through somewhere. One of my grandparents gave me one time. Uh, I, I don't even remember which one it was. Probably all the kids a little. You, you ever have these little bonds? You ever been given these little bonds? I think, I think if I gr live to be 80, it'll be worth 100 bucks. All right? Be worth 100 bucks. I've decided I'm not going to cash it. I'm just going to hold on to it. All right? But God gave us a significant gift. It was the greatest gift. God is the greatest gift for God. Now listen to this. So loved. Man, so loved us. 
Boy, we have such a wishy-washy sense of love in our society. Now, I'm going to like you until I find something I don't like about you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anybody in here ever thought somebody was really, really cool until you got to know them? And then you realize they're not really, really cool. Hey, newsflash, probably just as many people thought you were pretty cool until they got to know you, and then they realize you're not that cool. How many of you know what I'm talking about? God knows everything about us, but He still so loved us that He chose to do something, right? For God so loved the world, the messed up world, the sin-filled world, the broken world, the world that rejects Him, the world that would reject His Son, the world that doesn't close to being what He created. He so loved that He still gave. He gave the greatest gift that he would get, we could ever receive, that we could ever understand, that we could ever focus on. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. God didn't have 12 sons and give us one. He didn't have a hundred and share one. He had one son and he gave him. And he took that son and he eased him down the back staircase of heaven. And he offered him up to a couple that was kind of a mess. She was found pregnant before the wedding. Probably thought to be an uh, uh, inappropriate young lady. But Joseph chose, because of an encounter with an angel just like she had, to take her at his wife, as his wife and journey on with her to Bethlehem. So sometime over 2,000 years ago, a little baby showed up as the greatest gift that was ever given. And as beautiful as the pictures are, and you see the beautiful manger scene that we have even right back there, and those are massive and they're big and they're awesome. And unlike my manger scene, if you don't know what I'm pointing back, unlike my manger scene, the baby doesn't have broken arms. How many of you have manger scenes like that at your house? You're unwrapping them or you're putting them out. I'm like, where's his arm? See, Jesus, when he was given, he was perfect. He wasn't broken. Jesus was perfect. We were the ones that were broken. This young man grew up, spent time in his father's house, pretty quickly excelled, began to teach, became a rabbi, and said, follow me. Looked at some fishermen. I don't know about you, but uh, anybody ever watched The Greatest Catch? That Alaska movie, is that what it's called, The Greatest Catch? Deadliest, deadliest Catch, Deadliest Catch. Those look like some pretty tough dudes. Now, these guys weren't up there in Alaska, but Jesus looked at them and said, follow me. Jesus looked at an IRS, IRS agent and said, follow me. Jesus looked at a lot of guys and said, follow me. And they did. You want to know what happened after they followed him? It changed the world. You know what Jesus is saying to every guy in this room today? 
follow me. Some in here, or some who might listen to this, you might be saying, you know, I would. I would follow him if God would just do this. I'll follow him if God would just fix this. Guys, let me tell you what. God's already done enough. God has done enough. Now, the beauty of God is He's going to do more. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? God's not done, but He's already done enough. And guys, my my point today is I just want all of us in this room to reshape our mindset. If you're rolling through life, journeying into Christmas right now, and you've got bitterness in your head or bitterness in your heart or bitterness in your mind, first of all, towards God, the point of today's message was to tell you that God's done enough. You need to let that go. Guys, I understand your health may not be perfect or some of the relationships you're in might not be perfect or your finances may not be perfect, but don't miss a Christmas season because you're angry with God. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Some of you might be journeying into this Christmas season. You're angry with somebody else. Get over it. I will promise you, probably everybody in this room, if you are honest with yourself, the person that you are frustrated or bitter or angry about, you've probably way more many, way many other times, that's a horrible way to state that as a public speaker, many more times in your past you've let people down in worse ways. Don't hold someone else to a standard that you haven't lived up to all your life. Let it go. Some of you might be rolling into this Christmas and you are mad at God, let it go. Some of you are mad or angry or bitter towards someone else, let it go. Some of you in here, you're rolling into this season and your mind's conflicted because you're mad at you. You're angry with what you've made out of your life or maybe some of the decisions that you've made recently. Let it go. Because the man you are right here is not a man that God is disappointed in. Now, God may have bigger and better plans for you, but God doesn't look at you and say He's disappointed. You want to know why? Because it says, For God so loved the world insert your name, that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. I want to invite us all just to bow our heads there where we are as we close.
And right now, I just want to lead you in a silent prayer. This is you and you and God. Guys, if there is something that you are mad at God about, or you think God has let you down, I'm going to ask you just to confess that and ask for forgiveness. And I want you to identify it to God. God, I'm no longer mad at you. I'm going to confess this. I ask your forgiveness. No longer mad at you about this or that. But then you follow it up by saying, and thank you for loving me in spite of me. Here's the second thing I want you to pray. If there is someone in your life that you are angry at or bitter at, could be your wife, could be your spouse, could be your ex, could be your kids, could be someone at the office, could be someone else, your mom or dad. I'm going to ask you just to confess that to God. As you think about that individual, you know, sometimes, and God does miracles. Sometimes God puts relationships like that back together. Sometimes He doesn't. What God does say is we don't need to be walk, walking in anger or bitterness. Here's the third area of your life. We've talked about God. We've talked about others. Now I want to talk about you. Two things right now. If there's someone here that's never trusted Christ as Savior and Lord, and I want you to know you don't get to heaven by coming to Tuesday morning Bible study. You get to heaven by receiving the one and only Son, the greatest gift that was ever given, Jesus Christ by faith so if you've never said a prayer you say it in your own words inviting Christ into your life asking for forgiveness of sins you do that now but for those who are saved this is for you if there's just a burden and a failure that you've been carrying for a long long time confess it to God and ask Him to forgive you. guys with an attitude just kind of look up here real quick and this is how I want to close whatever it is that you are carrying that is a weight 
on your mind or your heart that you've done in the past, the psalmist before God physically gave his son said God has taken that iniquity and removed it as far as the east is from the west. And that's why Jesus in John 10 said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God bless you guys. You all have a great day. And my prayer is that you would focus on the gift that's already been given. You all have a great day, guys.